Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Thank you all for tuning in again. And for those that are brand new, welcome. On this episode, we will be talking to media personality, Renee Washington. Stay tuned as we talk about all the different things that are going on with her, how she got her start, all those different things. You don't want to miss that conversation. It's going to be fun. But of course, up first, we do have our get it off your chest segment. And of course, it is draft time. And as always, we have someone that definitely has a bad take, in my opinion. That'd be Mr. Pete Prisco. Mr. Pete Prisco was talking about Malik Willis, quarterback that a lot of people covet and like going into this draft. And he didn't have very nice words to say. He basically said, well, no, he didn't basically say it. He said this, that Malik Willis was a running back. If you watch the offense, that he played in Liberty. He just took the ball and ran a lot. And that he was running back. He didn't like the player. And he just, he basically just called him a running back. Basically. Well, he did call him a running back. But just the tone, if you heard it or watched it, and it's out there on YouTube and social media, if you want to, Subject yourself to watching his comments. Just the tones, the tones were pretty bad. It was it was tone deaf, to be honest, if you ask me. But yes, it was bad. It was very bad. But this is Pete Prisco. Pete Prisco hasn't necessarily been known to have the greatest talk about different players anyway. I mean, you can go out there and check his his record on different people he's talked about and said were going to be horrible, this and that and the other. But this speaks to a deeper issue. A lot of times when you see conversations around uh, black quarterbacks, they aren't necessarily the greatest conversations. Prime example, Bill Polian. Now, I know plenty remember this. When he talked about Lamar Jackson, when he was coming out into the draft and suggested that he should switch to wide receiver, that he could not play quarterback. That's pretty, pretty uh, bad assessment, in my opinion, for a guy that has been a GM in the NFL for a while. And, of course, Lamar Jackson ended up being drafted first round by the Ravens, who traded back into the first round to get him, by the way. 
now, of course, has he has an MVP to his name, and he has basically been excellent at the quarterback position for the Ravens, despite what Mr. Paulian said. Of course, you don't really hear much about an apology about what Mr. Paulian said, because, of course, you know, people are so quick to not apologize or kind of fix what they said. And, you know, it just it just is frustrating and infuriating um, that, of course, you know, these things have to be said. And it's usually about black quarterbacks. I mean, Prisco did go on to say that, or at least uh, Josh Allen, who was a quarterback that was known to kind of run a little bit and have accuracy issues when he came out. At least he tried to throw the football and things like that. I'm like, you know, it, it just honestly, it speaks of a weak assessment. It also speaks of someone that just really, I don't think he studied very much film. On Malik Willis, I think Malik, Malik Willis has a lot of potential and ability. Sure, he has things to work on, but what quarterback doesn't have things to work on when they're coming into the NFL? I mean, it's just, honestly, it's a horrible assessment. It had some undertones to it, and everyone pretty much knows what kind of undertones I'm talking about. But honestly, that assessment right there, horrible. Uh, and it, um, and honestly, if you're listening to Pete Prisco, I'm trying to figure out, honestly, his assessments, they haven't necessarily been great over years. So I'm still trying to figure out why he's still being able to give out assessments and people still want to listen to his assessments. Can somebody please answer that question for me? Because they're bad. They're They're pretty bad all the time. But this one is even worse, and it comes across as tone deaf. And it comes across as yeah, just it, it it comes across awful, and just another time where a black quarterback is being reduced to something that somebody else wants to see because they are not your traditional quarterback, or this quarterback potentially is not your traditional quarterback. It's just really sad. And, of course, Pete Prisco doubled down on what he said. He didn't understand or want to understand, I should say, how his tone and how his demeanor came across. So you don't like a player or this and that. I'm like, really? Is it that serious? Pete Prisco, you got some work to do. And the people around him, you might want to talk to him. And, of course, do you really want to listen to his assessments? Like I said previously, they haven't necessarily been the great, greatest. I'm sorry. They haven't necessarily been the greatest. Also, you know, and like I said, for his assessments, think of the one he did on Christian Hackenberg. Those aren't aware. Try to look it up. Pretty sure he he gave a pretty good assessment for him, and that this didn't necessarily work out well. I think he was hitting reporters with passes and Jets practices. There you go. 
That's the guy that you're trusting for an assessment on a potential NFL quarterback. That's all I got to say. And there's more. There's more for Pete Briscoe. I'm not picking on him. Of course, when he was trying to go at Malik Willis, that's, you know, he was going at him and picking at him. But um, just calling a spade a spade, if you look at his assessments over the years, they haven't necessarily been great. They've been pretty, pretty bad. That's all I got. Pete Briscoe, do better. But I don't think he even cares to do better. Or say better. But that's my get it off your chest segment for this episode. Up next, uh, my conversation with Renee Washington on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about peace of mind counseling and life coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And of course, the AFC South has a new foe when it comes to the 2022 season, and that is the NFC East. One of those teams, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, coming on with me this episode is someone who is known to root for the Philadelphia Eagles, but she does so much more than that. I want to introduce you all to Miss Renee Washington. How are you doing? I am great. I am great. Happy to be here, Mike. Well, happy to have you on. And uh, of course, can you tell everyone all the great, wonderful things that you do? <laughs> yeah, I got, I've got. i got a lot going on. Um, so <laughs> I have founded my own business, Plants Are Not Buried, which is an empowerment business focused on educating and inspiring people. I'm in the process of finishing up my books, which I had to take a short pause from because life. Um, and I most recently started working with the WNBA on the social content team, creating content. So uh, just been doing a lot of exciting things in and out of sports and I'm thrilled to be here to chat with you because you're also doing some awesome things in your career as well. I'm trying to do just a little bit, just a little bit. But uh, <laughs> now, one thing I will say is uh, how I, I definitely got introduced to you was, uh, you know, beyond the headlines, uh, your, your podcast, definitely listening to that. You have some great, amazing guests uh, that, you know, talk about some great and wonderful things that they're doing and are still doing. So I, I want to commend you for starting that and giving folks a platform for doing that as well. But, you know, let's get to how you got to there first. Okay. We got to get to the first thing, which is your career in soccer. 
Now, for those that don't know, I'm sitting with a All-American and a Hall of Famer, might I add. Can, can you care to tell anybody, you know, just basically just a little bit about your backstory, about soccer and how you got into it and, of course, rising to the level where you did? Yeah, I grew up in a sports family and I uh, was fortunate that my parents allowed my siblings and I to try every sport. Basketball and football have always been the main sports of my family, though. You know, I grew up watching the Eagles, the Sixers, going to games, going to Liberty Mystics games, you know, just actively involved in basketball and football from a very young age. And so I played basketball. Um, I'll jokingly say I probably could have been good at football. Um, but <laughs> in terms of soccer, it was a sport that stuck. It was a sport that was the most natural for me. And I wasn't good at softball. I'm a, I'm a solid swimmer, but from a recreational purpose only, um, and now strictly floating. And uh, tennis, same thing, you know, was more for fun, but soccer was the one, you know, and I, from a young age, was just so in love with it that I was always playing soccer with kids of all ages. I was the kid walking around with a soccer ball. I was the kid that was just jumping in with anybody and everybody to play, whether it was in my house, in my yard, with my neighbors, with friends. I was just, everything was soccer. So for me, um, I'm just so blessed to have had the career that I did. And I never expected to get to that point at all, to have opportunities like I did, to break records, to be a part of historic moments, to even have a chance to get into professional soccer, which at the time I realized just was not for me. And it was time to make a move into coaching college soccer. So, you know, soccer has opened a lot of doors for me. And it's crazy to me now because it used to be my entire life. And that's all I knew. I, I sacrificed. I missed things. I was always at, on the soccer field. And now it feels like it was a whole different like life <laughs> time for me when I talk about it. Because I'm like, all those years now, they flew by. And um, a lot of people don't even know that I played soccer. They don't know me anymore as Renee the soccer player, which is weird to me because that was my entire identity growing up. I was the jock. I was the one that was out playing with all the kids, especially the boys racing and playing whatever sport. And now I'm like on a different side where people don't see me as that, but it all started on the soccer field. <laughs> all right. Well, it started, on, it started on the soccer field. Of course, you know, you kind of matriculated from the soccer field to media. How would how did that transition go for you? How did how was that, you know, how was it just making that transition? Yeah, and can you hear me good? Because this mic sometimes acts it's great. perfect. Um, yeah, so for me, I with my love of sports, that's that's been my entire life. You know, my career as an athlete, as a coach, now as a broadcaster, the common denominator is sports. And so I always knew I had to stay involved. You know, it's I grew up where holidays, family get-togethers, family vacations, all those things were around sports. I was always at tournaments. I was always at games. I literally was the kid running from school. Food was already in the car made for us, going straight to a practice, to another practice, to a game, to watch my siblings play, to go play. You know, my my weekdays, my weekends, everything was literally around sports. So it is um, interesting now just to be on the other side of it as a reporter that now I'm like, oh, this is different. I actually am, things are kind of slower sometimes in that sense. Um, so everything about me in terms of just like the hustle, the grind, juggling so many different things started 
as an athlete. And when I was going through the process of figuring out what was next after soccer, I just found that for me, I needed something that still gave me that adrenaline rush, that still allowed me to stay connected to my roots and who I am. You know, I love chopping up talking sports to anybody, watching games. You know, all that is what what keeps me going. So I knew I had to find something that connected me to that. And although my undergrad was in public relations and I had a double minor in Spanish and psychology, thinking I was going a completely different direction, it brought my experiences brought me back to broadcasting and brought me into that and helped me realize this is perfect for me and the, exactly what I want to do. I love talking. I love sports. I love interacting with people. I'm not a big sit at a desk Monday to Friday type of person. So it just it's something that I realized made most sense for me and who I am and what I'm passionate about. So it was not an easy transition as easy as I just shared. But over time, I slowly made that transition into fully being a sports reporter. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Renee has been on ESPN Plus, has done some soccer games, football. I mean, you name it. I I believe you've done it. So, (laughs) yes, yes. Sideline reporting, play by play, color commentary, radio, TV, digital. You know, I've done a lot, even down to racing. I've covered every single sport now um, since I just recently did a swimming and diving meet for the Ivy League championships a couple months ago. So, I am. Thrilled that I've had the chance to not only work in sports, but work in so many different sports, so many different roles, meet so many incredible people like yourself, and learn so much about um, just the different aspects and perspectives that come with covering sports. Right, right. I mean, I can only imagine the different languages, the different terms and terminologies that you can pick up with all those different sports that you're watching and, and commentating on and, and trying to bring to life for those that are watching. Now, speaking of bringing to life, the Eagles brought to life <laughs> – the city this year when they made the playoffs. I mean, honestly, I didn't think they would make the playoffs, but they did. And of course, you know, Jalen Hurts, there's questions there. There's questions of what all they're going to do around their team. So, you know, what are your thoughts about them going into the draft this year? All right. For anybody that is a Philly sports fan, especially an Eagles fan, we don't ever go into the draft with high hopes because we remember (laughs) We remember many picks, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, that could have and should have gone differently. And look, I'm not going to knock how things work out. I believe everything happens for a reason. But at the end of the day, the Eagles, without fail, every time it is draft season, you just kind of do one of these. Because you're, without a doubt, going to see players on the board that you think are a perfect fit. And, oh, that's a a no-brainer. That's who you're going to pick. And then, nope, we go a different direction. So um, I'm not overly optimistic going in the draft i'm just keeping things even keel and expecting the worst hoping for the best um but honestly as an eagles fan in general i just think everybody has to calm down as a former athlete myself i can say it is hard to go into any new environment and step right in and just hit the ground running there are not many players across sports in general that can do that i mean you look at some of the best players in their respective sports Yes, Tom Brady did it in Tampa Bay, came right in and was able to win. LeBron, with his team changes, took time. The best players take time. And I expect nothing different from someone like Jalen Hurts. So I know that everybody's ready to throw him to West Jabip because we feel like he's not the guy. Um, I, I don't know if he is the guy for the next 10 years, but I think it's worth giving him a shot for another year or two and seeing what happens. And honestly, the Eagles have a young team. So that's why for me it, The draft is more about, can we pick up some depth? Can we pick up some more players, especially in the wide receiver position? 
maybe a linebacker. You know, there are some roles that they definitely can use more youth and depth. But overall, when it comes to the draft, I'm just excited to just see where players land and not overly optimistic about the Eagles. Wow. Wow. Spoken like a fan of the Eagles. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, you know what? I'm a realist, and I can call a spade a spade. We don't do well in the draft, ever. There are a lot of years I can look back, and I'm like, ah, perfect. DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Russell Wilson, that players that we missed, passed up on, could have traded up for. C.D. Lamb, the list goes on and on. But it's fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. Now, I, I did, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask, how did you become an Eagles fan? I didn't ask that question. I, w- I would love to hear this story. Born and raised. My, okay. I, I come from an Eagles family. We we bleed green. We are repping Eagles gear. We are watching on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. We're going to games. Um, Eagles and Sixers have been in my family, uh, my, like my immediate family. I do have some relatives that are fans of some other teams. We don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but my immediate family, we are true Eagles fans. So we are ride or die. And I'm not a bandwagon fan in that sense of like when things aren't going well, I'm ready to jump ship. I, I'm, I'm here through it all. I know there's going to be and there have been some ups and downs, but I'm here through it all. And at least I got to see a Super Bowl in the last, you know, years. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Now, the Eagles weren't necessarily the most, uh, you know, active team in free agency. They did bring in one man that rushed the passer, uh, I believe, from the Carolina Panthers. I believe uh, Hassan Reddick, who is who went to Temple, I believe. So it's like him coming home. But other than that, weren't necessarily the most active. Were you surprised? Did you expect more? Were you shocked that they brought Derek Barnett back? What 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 are your thoughts? No, no. Um, Howie in the front office, uh, they just don't really ever surprise me at this point. I just like I said, when it comes to any offseason moves, we're just gonna ride <laughs> ride it out. Um, I do think in general the Eagles do need, like I said before, it's youth and depth are the key areas. So Sometimes I feel like, and I'm not in these decisions, so maybe they're harder than they seem, but it does feel like we often overthink things. Um, eh, it is what it is. So I'm not sure what the draft is going to hold. I'm not sure what the next couple months will hold. There's always a trick up there, up our sleeves somehow, but I, I no, I was not surprised. Like I said, as an Eagles fan, and for anybody that's watching, tuning in as an Eagles fan, you, you feel my pain of we just – we just know this is how it is. This is how it is. <laughs> we'll go into the season without a roster that has the pieces needed. The pieces are always there. Like they're the same from last season as they were the season before of what's needed. We won't address it. We'll go into the season. We'll band-aid it, things through. We'll have the underdog mentality. We'll grind out some games, make some surprising wins, and do it all over again the next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you're not necessarily facing the same division you faced last year. You're facing the AFC South, which would be the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. Now, two of those teams are teams that plenty of people are looking forward to, to potentially make the playoffs again. And two of those other teams have been cellar dwellers for the last few years. Now, what do you think about these teams uh, and your and your Eagles against these teams this year. I know the Titans. I got to give it to them. Um, you know they are a squad that I consistently do not give enough 
props and kudos to and i i've been doing better at that um <laughs> that's a team that i'm not I, i'm i'm not thrilled to face um jacksonville i'm interested to see what they're gonna look like you know i i think one of the exciting things that i always love coming into any new season is trying to figure out how do players fit how do these moves fit who's you know what are they going to look like how are they going to mesh and gel and what's their on-field kind of chemistry going to look like um and for jacksonville with a, a crazy season last year um you know i think that they had to blow things up a little bit and and make some pivots and see what they can do so those those types of teams are the ones that scare me the most you know as an eagles fan and uh there are a lot of teams that are in the same situation it's those underdog teams that you don't really expect much from you know the colts moves our former quarterback carson wentz uh jacksonville with trevor lawrence you know these are the teams that are like the sleepers that it's like ah oh, this is a you know let's go in let's let's steal a win and get out and we somehow don't um but the AFC AS, south excuse me as a whole is always competitive regardless what the standings may look like. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I think that the Texans are another team that I'm not expecting too, too much from, but that's, that's, you never know. You never know. Sure. But the Titans, I will finally, Mike, give you guys some kudos um, because they consistently have been at least doing the bare minimum, getting to the playoffs and going from there. <laughs> Well, you, you you wouldn't say that if I, I did bring up the names Vince Young and uh, Javon Curse and uh, see who else can I bring up Dorial uh, Green Beckham. Yeah, those three names didn't pan out too well when they were wearing the Eagles green. But you know, you know that's, that's, another another that's that's how we do. You know, that's that's <laughs> what we love to do. That's a Philly sports curse, actually, where players with our teams are average a little below average and then go off to have like an all-star mvp win a championship caliber type of career so you know that's that's just how we do you know we just help <laughs> we're, the, we're the stepping stone <laughs> uh, well, but I, in all I, seriousness that's why a player like jalen hurts and to have this youth of the eagles with what Devonte smith and and just they had bright moments throughout the season those are pieces to build around and the reps the confidence, the experience, it happens on the field. So I honestly cannot stand, and this is a bigger issue around quarterbacks, especially um, especially black quarterbacks in the league. There, there is that difference, and I hate to bring it back, to, bring it to race, but we don't give all quarterbacks the same amount of time. You know, you look at someone like a Trevor Lawrence versus a Jalen Hurts. Um, are we having the same conversations? No. So I just think that for Jalen Hurts. I'm going to I'm gonna stick beside him, I'm going to support, and I'm going to follow to see how things pan out, at least this next season, to see if there's progress. Because this is a young group, a new coach um, that now has a season under his belt, and it's going to take time. But to just be so quick to want to, you know, throw it all out the window and start again is doesn't even make sense to me. So for the Eagles, we're going to catch some teams. I'm thrilled we made it to the playoffs last year. That's great experience, especially playing against Tampa Bay. Don't like the result of that game at all but at least we got to play a defending champ we got to get playoff experience under our belt all those things together are going to help this season as we can roll through the afc south the nfc east and beat all the teams that we're supposed to beat <laughs> yeah. now i will take note there that you did say they're going to roll through the <laughs> so i'm going to make a you know make a nice note here no, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not really writing. But uh, uh, we won't roll. We will stumble. <laughs> we will fall. We'll, we'll, we'll get through. But it won't be rolling. But I'm just gonna try to manifest it. You know, speaking. I understand. <laughs> I understand. You gotta speak it and believe it, right? 
Uh, speaking of uh, speaking and believing, it's time for a game. Oh boy! I've got five questions for you. You've got two choices in these in these uh, these different uh, questions in this game. Are you ready? I think. All right. We've got Donovan McNabb McNab or Michael Vick. 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 Okay. And, 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 and <laughs> I will take Vick any day. I cannot stand. Look, I'm not going to ever condone dogfighting. I'm not saying that. Um, Michael Vick, he was a bad man. He was a bad, bad man on the field. And if we're looking at just talent, Football alone, I'm taking Michael Vick. The rest can go, but we're if we're putting on a team on the field. It's it's Michael Vick. Sorry, Donnie. <laughs> I'll never forget the the play against the Washington uh, well Commanders. Now, first play of the game, deep bomb, Deshaun Jackson touchdown, and the route was on. I'll never right. forget that game. <laughs> he he had similar characteristics to what Lamar Jackson has now been able to do and take that next step with it of being able to be an unpredictable quarterback. And in time that we didn't see that as much, he was a little ahead of his time in that sense. You know, he can throw deep, he could run. He, he was agile. He was athletic, but he was smart and read the field well. And yeah, it was a tremendous quarterback that wish had things that panned out differently in Philly, but Michael Vick for sure. All right. And uh, in the, uh, toward the AFC South inbox, of course, Damian Adams, Oh wow, McNabb got y'all to a Super Bowl. So he obviously disagrees a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the fourth and twenty-six, Freddie Mitchell, McNabb. I love it. Actually, <laughs> close have talked about that with close friends of mine. Some of them actually being Eagles, such as Freddie Mitchell. An incredible moment for Philly sports fans and Philly sports history. Um, so, Damien, I know that's tough. That's tough, but. For anybody that was on the inside of the Eagles, and I'm going to put myself there, even though at that time I was very young, um, but now having had conversations with a lot of those former players, it's Vic. There's some, there's some, it's not all that's, the grass is not greener on the, on the McNabb side. Let's just say that. There's okay. some, a lot of behind the scenes chemistry, controversy, controversies that haven't, that we just seen the tip of the iceberg. So it's Vic. Gotcha, I know. gotcha. Okay. All right. So I've got another one for you. Another former Eagles quarterback, Carson Wentz <laughs> or the NFC West. Which one do you not NFC East? I'm sorry. The rest of the NFC East. Which one do you not like the most? Oh, that's a terrible <laughs> question. It's the NFC East. I don't have the, I'm different. I'm, I'm totally different. I think it's my former athlete perspective because Carson Wentz could not stay healthy but it all started, it was like year after year, knee, back, concussion of just injuries. And it takes time to recover from injuries, especially at the highest level, mentally as well as physically. So mm -hmm. I just think that it's a shame because Carson in his prime, when we won the Super Bowl, of course he didn't physically play in the Super Bowl, but led the Eagles and then uh, Foles took us from there. And Foles we trust. Um, at the end of the day, that Carson Wentz was incredible. But then what happened? Injuries. And when you look across any sport, players that have major injuries, as people are roasting Kevin Durant right now for what's going on with the Nets Celtics and the Derrick Roses and Carson Wentz's, we, there's so many players that we can look at over the years that injuries drastically change their career. And Carson Wentz is one of those players. So I will never, ever take the 
Cowgirls, the now commanders, and the midgets, aka Giants, over Carson Wentz. It is Carson Wentz, and I wish things had gone differently, but we'll see what happens in Washington now, more importantly. The funniest thing is, you know, I, I like to call I, – I'm changing the name of the, the Commander Stadium now. I'm going to call it the Space Station this year. That's what I'm going to call it. You know, anybody's welcome to say that too, but I'm going to call it the Space Station. Yeah, and, take command, uh, right? <laughs> from the Space Station. <laughs> right, right. And and I'll say this about Carson Wentz also. I think the uh, wanting to be the hero a lot, I think, kind of turned off a lot of people because it seems like in those clutch moments – he wanted to play hero ball instead of just kind of staying within, you know, within the, within what he needed to do. Yeah. And also being that he wasn't the same guy. So I think that's right. part of it too. Carson two, three years ago might've been able to pull off some of those plays. He wasn't, he didn't have that same pep in his step. He didn't have that same confidence. He wasn't moving the same. So it, I don't think he got back to where he was. I don't know if he ever will, but I think that is a big part of it. Like mentally and physically, he was in different spots. And then you add on the the other side of it that Philly sports fans, we're brutal. We're going to call you out on stuff. We're going to hold you accountable. And and honestly, are a tough sports fan base for that reason. I'm just like tough. So I think all those things, and actually Ben Simmons dealt with it with the Sixers, um, it's hard to get back on your feet. So that's I was actually okay with him with the move to Indianapolis. That didn't pan out as well um, because I think he needed a, a fresh start and it wasn't going to happen here in Philly. Well, it panned out well for the Titans, you know, definitely with that late interception <laughs> to Kevin Byer. But we're, I, I digress. Yes, I digress. It, it, we all like Carson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like him a lot you know, better now that he's not on our team. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Philly cheesesteak or New York pizza? Oh, it's a cheesesteak all day, every day. The real Philly cheesesteaks. Can you and tell not, where do you get the best one? Where you know, do you get the best one? Pat's and Gino's is just for tourists. I mean, in a crunch, <laughs> I will get a Pat's or Gino's cheesesteak. I'm not, I'm not ever going to turn that down. But you've got to go to those small hole-in-the-wall places, Steve's, Jim's. It's all first names. If the, if the place doesn't start with the first name, it's not good. So that's my rule of thumb. And those are the real cheesesteaks, the meaty ones. The bread's not as hard. It's the right amount of cheese. Um, I actually don't even like cheese, so cheesesteaks for me have to have the right amount of cheese, and it's it's Philly cheesesteaks, hands down. New York pizza, oh. I think it's slightly overrated. Unpopular opinion. Ooh. I love a good pizza. I love pizza, but I haven't tasted anything in New York, and I actually just went to one of the um, – well, I don't want to put them on blast because I'm saying it's not as good as I thought. But I've recently been going to some New York pizza places, and it's the biggest difference is they're huge. You get two for one. But I don't think there is. I know, spicy take. But I think it's because Jersey also has really good pizza, to be wow. honest. I think the problem is outside of New York, New Jersey, Philly, pizza's not as good in other places. There's some places I've gone and taste like cardboard. Well, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll give you a uh, uh, Slim and Husky's pizza in Nashville. Yeah, that pizza right there. Yeah, that pizza is very, very good. Probably the best pizza I've yeah, tasted. I don't, so. I don't think I've really ever tasted a pizza that I'm like, oh, this is the best I've ever had. I've had some really good pizza, and I like adding different toppings, like pizza with like chicken tenders on it or French fries. Like, there's all different types huh. of uh, combinations you can have that are really good. So I. I just love pizza, so maybe that's it. Maybe my the bar's too high for me. 
But JB, right, knows, JB knows about those Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Brown is uh, in the uh, toward the AFC South inbox saying Renee is preaching right now. <laughs> now, uh, of course, I'm going to go to the 76ers. All right, we got two legends, Dr. J or Allen Iverson. Oh, no. <laughs> Surprised you didn't add Wilton there to make this even harder. Um, yeah. I can't go back that far. I got to at least keep keep it somewhat you know, close. It's, it's crazy because what Allen Iverson did for Philly basketball is beyond just talent. Like, he really put the Sixers on the map in a trendy way. Like, he was the culture before we fully had the culture in the league. He brought the swag. He brought the iconic looks that I know I was rocking. All his sneakers, the headband, the jersey. I had, I had the finger bands, wristbands. I had everything AI. Um, so what he did for like sports fans was different. But Dr. J, the I think the biggest difference is the gener. I'm picking Allen Iverson. Let me start with that. But I think <laughs> the biggest difference is Allen Iverson reached all generations. You know, his mom braiding his hair on the bench, the, the looks, his his different comments, his like swag that he brought in personality. Dr. J, although I'm a huge fan, his generation, that's my parents. Like the next generation didn't feel that trickle down effect. I think though, if you ask kids, you if you ask, you know, your daughter, if you ask kids, um, they might say Allen Iverson still um is like they still would recognize that. So I would say for the culture. Allen Iverson, talent-wise, Dr. J. So it kind of depends on which lens you're looking through, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, yeah. Oh, the front and the chucks were absolutely big. I agree, Damian. It's a tough question. It's a tough question. But I think Allen Iverson for guards, for cornrows, for sneakers, for headbands, and just he, he beyond just the Sixers, literally changed so much for the culture and society, and even for basketball players. I was number three because of Allen Iverson. Like he, I oh, it's hard to pick against him. It's hard. It's hard. That's a tough question, actually. But I'm going to stick with Allen Iverson. The answer well, is is Allen Iverson. Well, again, Damien, uh, Damien in the uh, 20 ASC South uh, inbox, of course, I feel like Dr. J had an AI-like impact for his generation with the pro and the chucks. So. He did. He, but he definitely did. I get that. So maybe the hard part is since I'm younger, the impact is more on my parents. Like if you ask this question to my parents, they still love Dr. J. And I think that Allen Iverson changed my generation, but he also kind of, when you look at today's basketball, I see some Allen Iverson hints in there. You know, you see what different players, the handles, the the different like identities they, they bring on and off the court. I see some influence from Allen Iverson. So I think he was influential in a bigger way, probably because of social media and all that came with just his generation. Oh, but talent-wise, it's Dr. J. If I'm picking a team, it's Dr. J. If I'm picking a, you know, change the culture, change the team, change the environment, get more fans and seats. Oh, but Dr. J. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right, stop talk, don't ask me anymore about it because now I'm going back and forth. Because Dr. J definitely bought Philly. That okay, I'm gonna still stick with that. I got one last question for you. Ooh, now, I know you've seen one of the these. Last one. I know you've seen one of these already. So. You know, it, it might not be as tough a question for you. NBA title for the 76ers or NFL title for the Eagles? Ooh. See, I remember when the Sixers went to the finals in 2001. 
and the famous step over Ty Lu moment and how exciting that was. And then obviously I was there when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and I was literally in Philadelphia running the streets with everybody else. Um, man, Mike, you have stumped me again. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, see, the Eagles Super Bowl was the first. So it was like this, this, you know, the Sixers have had titles and the Sixers have won and been there, but the Sixers haven't won in a while. So I'm going to, because of the recent, how recent it was. Now, you know what? I'm going to stick with the Eagles, actually. Because if they <laughs> win the Super Bowl in the next five years, that's surprising a lot of people. The Sixers, realistically, especially once they brought in James Harden and with Joel Embiid, hopefully can stay healthy. Um, not thrilled about that, but they're primed to win a title or at least be in contention for a title. The Eagles right now are not looking like they're a team. They're barely gotten the playoffs last year, not looking like a Super Bowl contender. So if in the, um, in the next five years, if either team had to win a title and the city would explode, it'd be the Eagles. But if either team won a title, the city would still explode, period. But I'm <laughs> going to go with the Eagles because that would be way more surprising. The Sixers have actually underperformed the last few years. They should have at least come out of the East. It should have been a better team. Um, overall and they definitely should have gotten to an nba finals in the last few years and they haven't so they're underperforming whereas the eagles are just struggling <laughs> there's yeah. a difference there so i'm gonna go with the eagles but i would love either <laughs> but there Bring you it have on. it i will say this damian did uh comment again in the uh this afc south inbox i feel like john morant is ai with with russ athletic ability yes hmm. that's something to think yeah. of Something to think of. But of course, like, wait, Jobby walking down, he'll score on you, walk down the court, be talking trash, block your shot on the other end. What you know, I I that is Allen Iverson. And then Russell abil athletic ability. I, I see some of that. Some of that like younger Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's done he's under a lot of heat right now in general, but that way that Westbrook and AI just played. Ja has that too. They just play. There's it's not like Every game, you know what you're going to get. And that's why I was picking AI. I mean, again, I, Dr. J was a different time. But mm -hmm. AI was just a dog. Like, he he put the team on his back. He was he brought it all the time and definitely was that player that you were like, I'm coming to see him, you know. Right. So, ah, that's right. a tough one. I like that question. <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, I'll say this. It's definitely been an entertaining and eventful episode. <laughs> you definitely brought a lot of energy. Of course, you brought the Philly swag <laughs> to the show. So uh, I will say thank you for coming on. Thank you for answering my questions. Uh, good luck to the Eagles in the draft. Uh, hopefully they make you smile instead of frown and look confused. You know, you never know. They might mess around and, and, and do something great. But, you know. I uh, just want to uh, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for telling everyone what you're involved in, what you're doing. And if you can, let everyone know where they can find you on social media, what are you working on, whatever you want to tell anyone that's listening or watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can follow me everywhere. I'm at Renee P. Washington. I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I have a website, ReneePWashington.com. I am now even on TikTok. Um, so I'm very easy to find at Renee P. Washington across literally all social media unpopular opinion the sixers and the eagles are going to win a title in the next decade okay. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna speak it into existence both both yep it's happening mm -hmm. all right i'm just gonna I'm, say I'm, it i'm just, I'm gonna, just gonna, gonna say all right. speak it into existence. <laughs> it's happening 
All right. Well, we shall indeed see. We, we shall indeed uh, keep up with it. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. You've been uh, tuned in to Touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.